to our series of podcasts uh, called Takeaway. Um, and Takeaway is all about educating the market on the use of objects as a service and how in the future we will be using wearable tech to um, organise our lives anytime, any place, anywhere. Um, really looking forward to uh, you enjoying and, you know, please, you know, answer, please email us with your questions on these podcasts. Please give us your, your feedback, engagement, whether you liked them, whether you didn't like them, what you'd like to see more of. And um, thank you very much. Here comes episode one. OK, good afternoon, everybody. How are we? Um, so this is um, a takeaway. Um, and today we have with us um, Terry Smith, the co-founder and global ambassador for DigiSec. Hello, Terry. Hi, Angela. Good to be here. Lovely to have you. And welcome. We have Ido Kariti, director, advisor and board member of DigiSec. Really pleased to have you and thank you for coming. And I'm Angela Yor. I'm um, a board member of DigiSec Tooth, uh, but also um, a managing director of Sky Parlor, fintech public relations consultancy. So um, our topic today is why the time is right for wearable tech. Discuss, everybody. I've got the two experts here on wearable tech. And we know that it's taken around 15 years for mobile um, payments through smartphones and tablets to hit critical mass in consumer adoption. Um, mobile contactless payments are now the norm for millions of people globally. Why? Because consumers want speed and security. And mobile techs provided the critical bridge to take us from plastic cards to digital transactions. But we now have um, more convenience than ever being able to use our phones to actually provision any, any object of our choice. So we've never had more flexibility. And this particular market, the global wearable text market, is set to exceed 380 0.5 billion revenue by 2028. So we couldn't be in a better place. So why? So so a few questions here here for my audience here. So um, when you think of wearable tech, what word comes to your mind first? Ido, one for you. One word that comes for wearable tech? Yeah. Convenience. And for you, Terry? Fashion. Fashion. Fantastic. So why say fashion? Why, why do you say fashion? Well, what, have, what have you seen through, you know, through through what what's going on at the minute? Well, through the years that I've been in the business, and I worked on developing and was the ideator for the Apple Pay solution many many years ago. And when you started looking at what wearables could be um, put out there, they were restricted by how they had to be provisioned with the payment credentials. So they started off as cards with a little pop-out that you could insert into something. And that meant that, to be perfectly honest, everything was just downright ugly. Um, and it was really difficult to enjoy fashionable wearables because they couldn't be created and put into the consumer's hands very quickly. 
So I think that as time has gone on and as um, Apple Pay has come into to being and people are more used to using their phones for such services, consumers are more free to understand that these things can be done now through their mobile. Um, and I think as we've gone back into real life after COVID, convenience as well as being um, your own choice of your own fashion really now can begin to happen. And tell us a little bit about some of the fantastic applications that you've been, you know, you've sort of pioneered in the last few years. You know, what, what really has piqued your interest? By applications, I presume you mean sort of the type of wearables. Yes, um, my My favourite is a bracelet, um, which I just wear day in, day out. It's very pretty. You wouldn't know it's payment. And I love it because it, it suits my mood um, and it suits how I want to pay. Fantastic. So when you think of wearable tech, Edo, uh, what first comes to mind? So as I said, I, I, I said the word convenience and yeah. I, I truly believe that uh, when Terry said cards, it's not only the card itself, which is, in my opinion, not convenient to take it off all the time. And uh, it was the procedures that was that were very, very complicated through taking anything, making it into a payment device. The procedure was very, very complicated, very bottlenecked, and that that made all the wearable kind of thing, the fashion kind of thing that Terry was discussing into um, something that needed a bottleneck of to provision it, to personalize it, to make it into. And I believe that uh, consumers today, they look for convenient, any convenient tool. So when they go out there and they just buy what they want, it's their choose, their choice, they just buy a ring, they just buy a bracelet, they, they buy a watch, and at home, they can just put on that watch, on that bracelet, on that device, on that object, they just put any service they want themselves, which I think that's the the, the big change of, of where it will come, where it will become a, a mass uh, product. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, as I said right in the very beginning when I was dealing with it, we were working with some of the banks who were first pioneering it, and the banks were choosing what people should be wearing. And to me, that was ridiculous because I don't go to a bank to buy my dress and I don't <laughs> go there to buy my shoes. So I don't see why I should go to a bank to buy my wearable to make a payment. Um, and I think as... The opportunity has, has grown and networks like Digisec have come into place that will enable the direct connection between the, the wearable itself and the service through the mobile. Then there are other services that can be added. So we are really not talking about payment. We're talking about multiple services into one object, um, not least of which is probably personal and object identity. You're definitely making the impossible possible. But one of the other, you know, complex sides of this is consumer adoption. So here's a challenge for you. Um, you're explaining wearable tech to your daughter, your son, your wife, your auntie, uncle. How do we get consumers adopting it? How, you know, how are we going to explain it to them? First, I believe that... Uh the word contactless become, due to COVID, become very um, famous and common. 
So everybody wants contact. No one wants to touch things today. And the problem that we had probably 10 years ago, up till 10 years ago, was mainly the terminals on the other side of the point of sale, of wherever, that could not accept it. So it was very limited areas that you could use. And today, I think probably 90%. Plus, yeah. Yeah, 90% plus. And after COVID, many countries... made it even quicker. So most of the terminals today accept contactless uh, devices or contactless payments. And therefore, I, we, we believe that now it's just a matter of making it into a fashion because now we need to, to enable the people to buy it and use it. So as we said, the, the bottleneck made it in the last three years, I would say, difficult for banks and businesses brands because they needed to choose it for the consumer and we believe that two months ago three months ago when we just managed to get it through your own self-personalization our product that, that we came out with uh, we we truly believe that within few months we will start seeing just various of, of wearables out there enabled and you can just pick put your service on and And use it so yeah that's, that's and it becomes that. part of your identity doesn't it it becomes part of what you believe in like bit fashion is very personal to each individual your football team is very individual to each person so you know there's some again talking about what you're doing with a number of football clubs around the world I think that really shows where the technology comes into its own. yeah I mean I seriously think that this is a real um, juncture of brand to service this is the first time that the brand has really been able to put themselves up front um, and become the top of the consumers visibility um, and that goes beyond you know just using it for payment it might be that they're using it to get into their hotel room um, it might be that they're getting it to get using it to get into their football ground so it's really become a A brand-centric item, no longer a bank or issuer-centric item. And that puts a whole new perspective for those brands out there to become a valuable commodity um, and carry the services. I also believe that one of the biggest changes in, in, in the revolution that we try to bring in, I think that one of the biggest changes is that the brand Previously, if you wanted to pay something or if you wanted to use for anything like access or whatever, you needed to get a card, your employee card, your, you couldn't really take a brand, right? You, you, you needed to get a plastic card, which was done. Today, we are enabling brands, take any big brand, any fashion brand, XYZ brand that you know, they can just embed a chip inside, which is a virgin chip, has nothing to, they don't need to, Do anything with it and the person the user can literally uh, place a service on that brand so when you go out there and you pay with your watch with your bracelet with your diamond ring with your whatever is convenient with your shirt if you want so all these things become um, available more available for the brands to to add services to their brand brand and that means engagement to your uh, customers 100 it and, makes and you that very engagement. sticky so mm-hmm. 
the banks really need to get on board with this, don't they? Because, you know, tell us about some of the complexities there. How do we get banks really, you know, involved in the adoption? Um, I, I think really that because we have worked over the past two years to remove those complexities, the banks now have an opportunity to say, well, they don't really need to have too much involvement. Um, they um, have already gone through the, the process of enabling tokenization because they already subscribe to things like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Um, and so there's nothing really there that um, now will prevent them from subscribing to the Digisec service. Um, and now we, we don't put our brand up in front, front and centre. We allow the brand to be front and centre. It's just our service in the background. But there's nothing to stop the bank from enabling that now. It has become as easy as doing an Apple Pay, doing a Google Pay provisioning. Um, and that was really what the drive behind the company was to to get out there. And then I think the next step is awareness. Um I mean, if you look back to the, the 90s, did you, did you think that you would use email to the extent that you have? No, probably not. And I know that a lot of people were, were saying, email? Oh, that's just going to interrupt my business life. Well, now it is your business life. <laughs> and so I think that wearables will adopt that same sort of um, situation where they will just become a ubiquitous part of your life. Um, and there won't be, you know, um, oh, I want a wearable. It'll just be, oh, that's a nice shape. I'll have that one. Fantastic. I can't wait. And I'm very much enjoying using my key ring there that is near you, Terry. Um, and it's, you know, actually made from Apple Core as well, yeah. isn't it? So it's fully sustainable, which, you know, cards, cards aren't reaching that at the minute. So, you know, that's wonderful to, that I'm able to do that. And also, I have my keys there too. So <laughs> <laughs> keys wallet. I've got everything I need to leave the house. Um, so sort of changing tack a bit here. What, uh, Ido, share with us um, how Digiset came to where it is today and where you see the vision for it. First, I believe that the most important thing and Digisec till about six months ago was very much technology company and invested years, literally years of physically doing the Digisec technology, but it's also years of experience of the co-founders of Digisec, which is mm. like together, I think, more than 50 years of, of experience in the tokenization and uh, contactless and card schemes. And we believe that those brought the need of the market today into place with the best secured and convenient and ease technology. Once that was launched and, and available, now Digisec in the last six months become a commercial, take the technology that we developed. We didn't, we didn't want to say we will have something. We wanted to make sure that we have something that is solid and work. And now we are taking this and technology, yes. putting showcases, which we already did in the last few months, and we have few nice showcases that combine services that has and we did we did showcases with Real Betis in in Spain with Mastercard uh, in the Roland Garros and we we do a few solid showcases and now we are able and ready to scale them up. So if I'm looking at the 
team of DigiSec, for example, if the team of DigiSec was 85-90% tech and 10% maybe or 15% of, of people and time would, would, would be invested in commercial and sales, today we are trying to get into a 50-50 kind of thing because we do have two, three more services and tech things that we are developing, whether it's NFT, whether it's... I mean, we, we go together with the world. Wherever the world goes, We are on that way, the metaverse and so on and so forth. So we have a parallel uh, direction right now, but the direction of commercial and sales takes a little more, uh, I would say, uh, stake in, in, in the company. Yeah. I you mean, have a as, real as market a company, advantage, don't you? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the, the, at, the, at the minute, no one can really touch. Yeah. But I think um, when you look at what we had to do, um, it was really important that we have to pass all the compliance requirements. And that is a huge, huge um, cost and um, a, a big series of events that we have to go through in order to meet the compliance requirements. And that's why we, we bit the bullet and we went, we've got to do this. You can't be half compliant. There's yeah. no such thing. So it was all or nothing. Um, and so once we were able to launch commercially, that's when, as, as Ido was saying, that we really are now ready to scale up and um, start hitting the world and the supermarket shelves, I think, is the term. So your vision then for the company in the next few years, how, where do you see, see the company going? I, I, I see it very simple. Yeah. And first, I like simple things. That's the way we build our product our solution is very simple it's simple for issuers it's simple for banks it's simple for the user because the user experience you just come you tap it's very simple you tap it on your on your mobile phone and you're gone and the vision is going that we have uh, Apple pay which is doing the entire Apple devices we have Google pay who is doing the entire Android devices and And we have DigiSec who is doing the wearables, which is not Apple or Google devices. So it's enormous. Trillions. Trillions, trillions, of, trillions of devices. Exactly. And we, we already have, already, just for our showcases, we have about, I, I would say, more than 300 types of wearables that we were uh, um, innovative and, and thinking and making it into a, a, a showcase. And we must admit also that what helped us is the cheap manufacturers, because we all at the age that we remember that the computer, my father's computer was one room. <laughs> And my daughter's computer is probably on a nice uh, she has a watch which has everything inside it. So the, the, the cheap manufacturers, the cheap technology, To accept more services into more data into making it making it smaller and and making it uh, waterproof making it uh, 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 flexible so all these things made it into ability to put any wearable into you anything. want into anything exactly Absolutely. so when you can put it into anything we are not limited with the with the wearable cost types that we, we can we can do so we, we truly believe that that we are the the centerpiece for the internet of things um, where what we can do is connect the physical no matter what it is 
to the digital, no matter what it is. And payment we started with simply because it's difficult, um, yet it's utilitarian and everybody needs to use it. But where we're going really is looking at um, real identity um, and this is one of the reasons that, you know, Dave Birch was onboarded into the company because he's helping us to understand what that means, in the, particularly in the payments world. And so our platform was really designed, simple connect in, multiple connection out. Um, and anybody who joins will get the pleasure of really finding out how that works. I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, people find it difficult to... Um, understand because the possibilities are endless so actually this is applicable to any vertical any type of company whether it be a big organization with thousands of staff that might want to use it internally right through to a football team to a um, you know a ski lift that the an airplane there's no um, sort of holds barred is there in terms of how you can use it so the imagination almost needs to come from the world around us um, and you know some fantastic uh, imagination has come your way I mean I uh, money 2020 you know the um, uh, the chip in the nail that was a great one wasn't it I agree and I just want to emphasize something that Terry just said about why did we choose payment first and we choose we chose payment first because the payment service demand the highest security saying that now, access control, for example, if you want to go to your gym, if you want to go to your hotel, that that security that it needed was not that great like payment. What yeah. we managed to do is that we managed to create a marketplace with the strongest security of payment. And now we can enable the same marketplace, the same security to even lower like access control and all that. So the gym, for example, or the club or the, the hotel or the whatever, the nursery mm. will get free of charge, I would call it, but will get the security of a, pay of a payment. So the, the identification, the authentication, things that previously it was, it, it is a problem of brands. It is a problem of, of, of fake things and frauds. And as technology goes on, the, the, the fraudsters are, are smarter and, and the, the, you, you always find it's like a cat and a mouse, but you always find. And when we kept the security in the highest level of payment, for example, that I think would put us in, in, a, in a very strong proposition towards other services that we are offering on that marketplace. Because yeah. I think today there are there are services that are being offered. Some of the brands, for example, um, have chips in their, um, their clothing, their handbags, whatever it is that they're making. But that chip technology is nowhere near the level of chip technology that we deal with today. And what we're saying is it won't be long before you guys are going to need the level of chip technology that we deal with because your chips are going to get cracked quite quickly. Um, so we are always at the cutting edge, at the real top end, trying to make sure that everything is as high secure as is possible um, within that, the, the confines of the environment. And what do we want with identification? What do we want with our payments? We want trust and we want security. And your business is underpinned by that, yes. which is wonderful. So I want to ask you both my uh, sort of final sort of 
question that I think, you know, other people will want to ask. So, you know, and we have had some emails in about this one. So will the pace of wearable tech adoption make phones and cards a thing of the past? Terry, what do you think? Because we were talking about it outside, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, we were talking about it earlier and I think there's maybe a little bet going on between us about how long yeah. it'll be. But I see that, that phones really are being adopted for what we would see as being the, the high-value um, purchases um, where you're not going to forget your phone. Um, and then I would see that the, the wearables would be adopted for mid and the low-value payments. And I think that will eat into both cash and cards. I think cards are going to disappear. Now, I think it'll be, you know, a good 10 years. Um, but um, in certain I, markets, in certain markets, in certain markets yeah. I think it's less than that. Yes. And but I, I say five in, in, the, in the developed in, market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just go back to how long it's taken to, you know, sort of get the mobile. And I think the mobile took a good, I think, eight years um, to really become prevalent. Um, but I think because people are aware of how to use their mobile and they're aware of contactless now, I do think wearables is going to be a quicker adoption than I think the mobile went through. But I do see that it's really down to the banks to offer the choice to their consumer to be able to do it. And I think that, to me, is the only holding factor at the moment. Well, there's lots of fintechs, emerging fintechs, um, you know, that are starting to take market share from the banks, you know, the Revoluts, the Starlings, the, um, you know, the, the, the challengers. If you were an issuer, um, you know, what would you be doing from, to, to attract new well, markets Well, I mean, now? seriously, and then this is why we, you know, why we exist, Um I, I'm the co-founder because I seriously believe that I wanted the choice. I believe in the fashion and the tech um, coming together. Um, and I would like, and I believe that if the banks don't do that and offer their consumer that choice, they will be marginalised down to different products. They will lose the payments. Um, I think they've gone into the likes of, you know, sort of the the ex-pays because they've they've had to. And I think they have to open their eyes and realise they have to also do wearables. Otherwise, their consumers will walk elsewhere and their payments will take place through different services. And I think it may be a cultural shift with some of the issuers because like we were saying earlier, you know, banking payments is all about trust and security and credibility. Well, in this case, you can have both, can't you, Ido? I agree, and I think that we need to add another word here, which is innovation. And I think that the yeah. generation today is innovative, and the adoption of innovation, the adoption of technology is very, very quick. See, the mm. adoption of NFT, for example. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my son is 16 years old, and he speaks about NFT, and I believe he knows NFT maybe more than me. But it's just how... The, the mindset of, of the generations is getting more into tech and more into innovation and more into uh, convenience things. And I think that I, I truly believe, that's why I'm here, I truly believe that we already started the, the evolution of, of taking the cards and the cash out and making it into a wearable into something that would be a fashion and anything would have chip in it, anything. I'm, 
10 years down the road, if you go in the high street, I would say that any product will, that will cost uh, to the market cost, I don't know, 50 pounds and up would have a chip embedded in it. Whether you use it or not, it's your choice. Mm. And so it should, because really, you know, the whole industry around fakes, you know, that we've not solved this issue yet. Um, yet, you know, with this technology, you know, we have we have a solution, don't we here? Yeah, I mean, we demonstrated that um, a couple of years back when we um, embedded a chip into the Golden Globe. I know, that was um, fabulous. Absolutely fabulous idea. So, you know, there is no one who's going to be able to sell a Golden Globe and say, hey, that belonged to um, somebody else when it really didn't. So just um, talk, and, and talk you add, about... And you add to that even blockchain, for example, or you add to yeah. that... Into, so you have even the history. So it's, mm. it's, and this is something that just came new. So five years ago, we could say, listen, this is the original Golden Globe. But today, I, if with the right integrations, I can tell you that this is, this is the original Golden Globe. It was with Angela one year ago, and then it was with Terry, and then it belongs to someone. So it's the... the technology today, the, the identity, it, it exactly goes into the identity. The identity and authentication today, it's something that goes hand in hand. In hand. Mm. Mm. And it's beyond object identity, um, really, let's understand that it, it also enables consumer identity. So you can carry your own identity and your own token on your own thing. Um, and nobody can take that away from you. Um, and nobody can prove that you're not, you know, who you are. Um, and so as far as I'm concerned, I think that we have got a huge market out of there with identity, with provenance of object and, you know, any other service that, that you want to actually combine with that. I think you've demonstrated why the time is right for uh, wearable tech, um, you know, in bounds. I, I, I'm really, um, you know, more inspired to see this and, you know, Terry, with your role as ambassador, you know, I think spreading this word has never been more important, has it? No, never. I mean, and this is the, 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 the bouncing point. This is the point at which we now can really start um, moving out into the, the global hemisphere. Yeah. Um, and I think that listening, if, you know, who, those who out there are listening to us, I think should take on board that this is the time for them to start moving seriously don't leave your customers behind. Give them something that they want. And engage, engage to them. And I think that the, both the customers and the world is really ready for that. And the engagement to your customers, because it's, it's unique identity. It's not identity. What we need to understand is that each and every wearable is a unique. It has a, it has a unique identity. Mm. So you can always engage to your customer in, in a far, far better way, easier way, and specific way, because I can engage to Angela. I don't need to engage if I had 500 of wearables which were not identified, so I have 500 people that I can engage to, but today I can engage to specific to Angela. Audience of one, yeah. exactly. which is the holy grail for marketing. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a chartered marketeer. Well, you know, I believe um, passionately about yeah. this discipline and it's always about the audience of one. Well, we, we, went, have it we went through, you know, when we were talking, um, I'd, I'd say about 10 years ago, we went through proximity um, uh, marketing so that you would tap and you, you, you know, get some marketing bump or be told to go somewhere. 
But that was not an audience of one. It was too generic, too open. Nobody really felt that it was adding any fantastic value to them as an individual because it wasn't targeted at them as an individual. Now we can. And I think that's very important in today's world of identity. Fantastic. Um, so if you have any questions or you'd like to get in touch with us, please contact terry.smith at digisec.co.uk. Terry is our global ambassador and the founder, uh, co-founder of Digisec and, and behind the innovation. Um, and, you know, she will be able to answer all of your questions. Thank you. Bye.